Hello and welcome to the Lost Boys set review for Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodboard from Disney's Lorcana. I'm Tandy and that's Harlan and we are bringing you Steel in today's video. Harlan, so far we've talked about a lot of cards uh, from from other colors and stuff. Um, but uh, Steel, you know, it, it happens to be one of my favorite colors. What it, What is your uh, general thoughts on the color Steel? It is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I really like the steel cards in general. I have kind of shied away from playing them because kind of the best thing to do was like the amber steel stitch rockstar stuff. And, you know, that doesn't really vibe with me as much. And, you know, I'm what really a chump. Would... What a chump. Hey, doesn't hey. like stitch rockstar. You even play stitch rockstar in your amber sapphire deck. But it was just significantly worse. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's really the whole <laughs> new world stuff that, that uh, I don't enjoy as okay. much. Look, um, if they banned Whole New World tomorrow, I wouldn't care. I would still just play Stitch Rockstar in every deck, man. I just love that card. I would actually maybe start <laughs> once that happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really hope that the the Steel cards in Chapter 2 can mix it up enough that, you know, there are various Steel decks and not just like Amber Steel is the best thing to do. Granted, you know, the, the Queen fits right into that, but hopefully... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into these cards and it'll it'll inspire me. All right, so uh, let's begin. Uh, we're going to start from top down. The most expensive card uh, in Steel is going to be Goofy Night for a Day. This is a nine cost inkable 1010. That's the biggest thing I've ever seen, Harlan. And it quests for four. Uh, seems like some really hefty stats on uh, what we're calling uh, some Nillas, some vanilla creatures. Yeah, some Nilla wafers up in the house. Yeah, Goofy is large. I don't know if he's in charge or not, but he is definitely big. <laughs> All I know is if uh, if they ever give me like a just in time for a nine drop, uh, this thing you, you can do a lot worse than a Goofy Knight for a day. This you, thing is enormous. You put this in over Maleficent Monsters Dragon. If I'm playing Steel, I will. I'm just saying this is that's fair, that's fair. it's just a big thing, and like. <laughs> Is it a big goofy thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, so like <laughs> if, if you compare this to something like a uh, brave little Taylor, you know, brave little Taylor is huge and evasive and quest for four. This isn't evasive, but a 10, 10 basically has evasive because no one is shipping into a 10, 10 unless <laughs> they are like three or four trading into it. 10 willpower is just an enormous amount. All right. Next up, we have Queen of Hearts, Capricious Monarch, uh, seven cost inkable, five, six, pretty decently statted quest for only one. That's pretty awkward. Uh, the ability off with their heads. Whenever an opposing character is banished, you may ready this character. Yeah, this card needed more lore for me to really, you know, hit the level I needed it to. As is, I don't I don't see me ever getting this into a deck. Look, no what not everyone can play Beast Relentless because Emerald is the worst color, let's be honest. But Steel is one of the best colors. And if we get a slightly more expensive Beast uh Relentless, uh, you know, obviously this is a bit harder to turn on, but I mean look, we're in steel. We have AoE, we have sweepers, we have all sorts of ways to to banish characters via combat and outside of combat. I could see this being a nice top end, but there is some stiff competition, which we'll yep. be moving on to in our next card. And what is one of my favorite cards in the set, Cinderella Stouthearted. 
This is a 7-cost Inkable 5-5, five, five, the quest for 3, has shift 5. Pretty expensive to shift, all things considered, but uh, there are plenty of Cinderella's that you can shift onto for a little bit cheaper. And it has resist 2, which means that anything that would deal damage to it is reduced by 2. And the ability, the singing sword. When you, Whenever you play a song, this character may challenge ready characters this turn. That is a dynamic effect that uh, is not on anything in chapter one and is only on a few cards in chapter two. Yeah, this card is the real deal. Like three points of lore is massive. Five, five with resist two is massive. Unkillable. Has shift. It has a super relevant ability. This card's expect to see a lot of this card. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's pretty hefty price tag as well. I, I expect it to stay or get it uh, more expensive over time. Um, as we get more Cinderella's, we'll have more ways to shift. Right now, we actually have a Cinderella we'll talk about later uh, that goes really well into like the Steel Amber uh, shift, you know, Stitch Blitz decks that we've been seeing a lot of um, in early Pixelborn Constructed. And uh, I can only imagine that the Cinderella is just going to be a mainstay for quite some time just because of how unique the Singing Sword ability is. Uh, next up is Hercules Divine Hero. This is a six-cost Inkable 6-3, the quest for two. Uh, it has shift four, so you can shift on a smaller Herc, and uh, has resist two. So it uh, has a very similar ability to the uh, seven-drop Cinderella, but a little bit smaller stats, but more strength, and uh, it costs less. Yeah, this card uh, is very enticing to me. I don't know how much play it will really see. Just there's a lot of tension with a lot of good shift characters yeah. in kind of this realm where you know it's it's not just a, a deck building constraint of i gotta get four of this card in my deck it's like i gotta get four of this card and some things to shift onto in my deck that takes up a lot of slots mm -hmm. and you know this card is good and strong but like tinkerbell giant fairy it is not <laughs> you know no that's fair that's fair it is really good against tinkerbell giant fairy though Resist, resist is a cool ability that I've only gotten to play a little bit with yet, and uh, I'm excited to to see just how it meshes out because I feel like that's the type of ability that's going to dominate in like a limited environment, like uh, with the starter decks fighting each other, drafting, sealed deck, that type of thing. And uh, right now, though, it's just competing with significantly stronger cards at that at that cost. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about uh, Pacha, Village Leader. This is a six-cost inkable, 4-8. It's huge. Quest for two, but it's a Nilla. What do you think about Pacha? It says, don't be fooled by the folksy peasant look. It definitely has a folksy peasant look. So that was kind of the joke, right? The So, like, Cusco thought, you know, that Pacha was the villain or whatever, but mostly yep. it was just like, no, he's just a, he's just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have Kronk, Junior Chipmunk. This is a six-cost Inkable four five the quest for two it has resist one it says during your turn whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge you may deal two damage to chosen character uh kind of similar to the tinkerbell giant fairy but just uh doesn't have a shift doesn't have the enters the battlefield or enters playability it does have resist one but that doesn't seem like it comes close to doing what tinkerbell does true all right, next up, be Selfless Protector. This is a six drop that I think is phenomenal, and I want to hear as much as you want to talk about it. This is a six-cost inkable 2-8. Uh, 
Uh, quest for one, and it has the ability shield another. When one of your other characters would be dealt damage, put that many damage counters on this character instead. It is a giant protective thing. And uh, how's it play so far? Yeah, I I haven't seen too much of the card. Uh, I think it kind of gets sat on by, you know, Tinkerbell Giant Fairy and the things like it. It is a card that interests me. Um, it will... So, like, against Steel, for instance, it will absorb some damage, but it's also going to get, like, also kind of oddly one-shot by, like, a grab-your-sword, right? Like, if you have three other characters in play, it just dies to the grab-your-sword. Granted, right, it saves the it, damage from the I was going to say, characters. isn't that great? Isn't it, isn't it just saving yeah, it, all of your other just, little dorks? Yeah, it, it's... It's funny because it does protect them, but also not as well as you would think, um, because the damage also does pile up on it. Mm -hmm. Um... It, I don't know. It, it's a card that hasn't stood out to me yet, but you know, time will tell on this card. Yeah, I think uh, we'll maybe see it see more play outside of uh, amber and steel. Maybe like steel with another color that just really wants to protect some of its uh, stronger uh, but more vulnerable characters. Maybe emerald, for example, is something we can pair with it and uh, having a way to keep all of your Cusco's and other things like that around. Uh, a little bit longer, you know, things that quest for a high amount of lore that just really want that type of protection. But, you know, six is a hefty amount. But it is inkable. That's why I really like about it. Next up, we have Li Shang. Uh, this is the archery instructor. It costs five, is inkable, and you get a three six that quests for two with the ability archery lesson. Whenever this character quests, your characters gain evasive this turn. So what that means is they can challenge other evasive characters. Pretty medium effect, but uh, evasive seems to be popping up all over the place in chapter two and having some good defense against that might be worthwhile. Absolutely. Yeah. Steel is a color that typically has struggled against evasive cards, especially ones that have more than two uh, willpower. So you couldn't clean them up with something like a grab your sword. And, you know, this is a nice clean way to put a way to just challenge them into your deck on a card that isn't like that poorly statted, you know? I could easily see playing like one or two of these in a steel deck if you really find yourself struggling with evasive cards. Uh, next up is Donald Duck, Deep Sea Diver. This is a five cost inkable, six, five quest for one, nil a wafer. Uh, what do you think about this one? Is is the stats doing anything for you? Six, five is pretty nice. Nah. Yeah, the the inverse of Cerberus is not a plus on this one. You know, that is one thing that we talked a lot about um in the early days of the game is that willpower being high often uh, gives it more virtual card advantage whenever you get into challenging and things like that. And uh, six strength is about the same as five strength in a lot of scenarios. And But five willpower and six willpower are um, a large, like a delta between them. Next up is the uh, Beast Tragic Hero. This is a five-cost inkable 3-5, quest for two. It does shift for three, so it can shift onto a smaller beast. Uh, with the ability, it's better this way. At the start of your turn, if this character has no damage, draw a card. Otherwise, he gets plus four strength this turn. Uh, so, turn you play it. Your opponent doesn't do anything to it. Next turn, when you're ready with it, you draw a card. Somehow it has some damage on it, or it's been around for a few turns, and it's still alive somehow. Uh, it's pretty large, hitting your opponent's stuff for seven. Yeah, this card uh, didn't stand out to me on the initial spoiler. This card is disgusting. <laughs> yeah? It's very good. It's 
Yeah, like it's in a nice a spot drop. on the curve too. Five, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it it just threatens to draw a card every turn. Like if your opponent's not in a deck that has Dragonfire or Let It Go or something like that, mm-hmm. you just don't quest with it. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's just you just draw an extra card every turn. You know, and it still threatens to challenge stuff. So like they don't have free quests either. It reminds me a lot of um, was it the five cost queen from uh, Amethyst that. Uh, exerts to draw a card mm-hmm. every turn. Um, normally, that queen will exert once to draw a card and then die in combat. And mm-hmm. uh, but the strength of it comes from its ability to to be activated multiple times over multiple turns. And if you're able to, you know, keep your opponent's board in check with other things, she's she's able to do that sometimes and help you pull ahead. Uh, this seems like very similar to that card, but doesn't present itself as vulnerable uh, from from its, its own ability. And so uh, that coupled with the fact that you can play it with some heal effects like Rapunzel gifted with healing means that uh, maybe that card is just messed up. It, it also, it even when it's just threatening to do its thing unchecked, right? You get the card and two lore then. Right. Right? It's not just the queen where you get the card. So th- this card is strong. It is very strong and expect to see it for a long time. Awesome. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Namari Morning Mist. This is a new version of Namari we haven't seen yet. Uh, four cost, uninkable, 2-4. Uh, has the bodyguard ability, so you may enter, play exerted, an opposing character who challenges when your characters have to choose a bodyguard first. But the special ability is called Blades, and it says this character can challenge ready characters. Uh, the enchanted version is also really, really badass. <laughs> this character is just badass. Yeah, she's uh, you know the four cost iteration from uh, Ruby that we talked about um, in a previous video uh, is one of my favorite cards in the set after closer examination, and uh, this is you know in the top five steel cards for me because it's another one of those steel cards that can challenge ready characters. This one you don't even have to. Go through any hoops like the uh, uh, the seven cost Cinderella Stouthearted, and so you know Namari is just going to be uh, an effective tool along with you know maybe support uh, characters or buff effects like the uh, the Queen, um, you know the Shift Queen that costs five, and uh, I, I think this card is just phenomenal. Yeah, this card. So like we we've talked about like how the board immediately stalls, where you know nobody's willing to quest or challenge because of just getting blown out by like a Rapunzel or a Tinkerbell Giant Fairy. This card just both insulates you from there being able to do it because it's a bodyguard and breaks the parody of, okay, I'll just quest your thing that you didn't want to expose to my Rapunzel and then I'll Rapunzel you anyway because yeah. this can just challenge your ready things. Not for Crazy. sure. Uh, the only downside on this, I think, is that it only has two starting strength and so it will mm-hmm. likely need a little bit of help to, to get in. But, I mean, we've seen the new queen just do some really disgusting stuff out of Amber, so... Uh, I think that this is a, a natural inclusion into many of those Amber uh, and Steel decks, and I'm curious to see just how good it is. Uh, next up is Tiana Celebrating Princess. This is a four-cost uninkable, 1-4, quest for two, has resist two, so it's pretty difficult to kill. 
Uh, it says, what you give is what you get while this character is exerted and you have no cards in your hand. Opponents can't play actions. Now, this one's a little awkward with uh, a whole new world because decks with a whole new world either often have it rotting in their hand or they have a full hand of seven cards. And so Tiana doesn't really work well with that specifically. But if you want to build a steel deck that doesn't play a whole new world, maybe is more interested in curving up, Tiana is a great uh, way to protect yourself from be prepared, grab your sword, and a number of other of those big sweeper effects. Um, and uh, I, I think this card is just really, really sweet. Yeah, this card is sweet. It is certainly not my type of card. I really like having cards in my hand so I can formulate a plan where, you know, it's nice to be so far ahead that you've already played all your cards and then you're like, all right, doesn't matter what I draw because I'm already killing you. But that's not really my style, so it's not. I'm sure I'll die to this card more than I play with it. I really wish that uh, it had bodyguard. If that sounds just, I, I want to be able to play it exerted. You know, like mm. uh, just so that it's turned on the turn that I play it. If I if it's like my last card, that's the only yep. thing that I wish was different about it. Everything else, uh, it's pretty on point. You know, unequable is a great drawback on something that's this uniquely uh, damaging to like your opponent's potential game plan. Mm -hmm. Um, four willpower with two resist means it's going to be very difficult to chop down via uh, challenges. And so, you know, your opponent has a, a high likelihood of needing to hit it with dragon fire. And when they can't, <laughs> when you're empty yeah, handed, I think, I think that's really the, the reason it doesn't have bodyguard is it gives your opponent a window where it's like, that's Hey, you're not going to be able to do this for the rest of the game. Have it now. Or, you know, it, it creates, instead of like your opponent's just locked out, it creates like a tension point. Yeah. which is way better. And it, it leads to more dynamic games, you know, where like, oh, they could have a Tiana. I should really save a Dragonfire if I can. And like, if I can't, then like, if they draw a Tiana, then I'm just screwed because I'll never be able to Dragonfire ever again. Yeah. Things like that. I would maybe like to see a Steel and Sapphire deck that uh, pairs it with a bunch of the ramp effects that play out from hand. So you mm -hmm. either have the ability to play it as an ink in matchups where it's not good, or mm -hmm. you have the ability uh, to empty your hand quickly with Bell Strange with Special uh, so that you can just, like, make uh, Ruby Amethyst life a living hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, let's talk about Jafar the Dreadnought. Uh, four costs, inkable, three, four, shifts for two, quests for one. Uh, now, where were we? During your turn, whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge, you may draw a card. A lot of text on a card that's maybe not that good. Yeah, I this card intrigues me. I think there are just way too many good steel cards for me to end up actually playing with this, but it's a sweet card that I really, really hope to see around. Yeah, also, Jafar as the big snake is also terrifying, and, yeah. and uh, I just want to see more of it, so... Hopefully they put it on like a giant seven cost thing at some point and maybe it's better. But uh, moving on, we have uh, Ellie LaBeouf. This is a four cost inkable two five that quests for two. It's a Nilla. Does the two five stat line change anything for you? Nope. Okay. See ya. Next up is Chief Bogo, respected officer. Four cost uninkable two four that quests for two. Ability is insubordination. When you play a Floodborne character, deal one damage to each opposing character. This, this is a Floodborne payoff. This is something I can get behind. Yeah, but for me, I'm just putting it on the bench. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw them in later in the game. Is that a joke? 
Am I missing? No. Oh, I, okay. I, 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 thought, I don't really like the card that much. I thought like we, in we the movie. We don't characters yet. You said put him on the bench. I was like, maybe he uh, maybe he was like in the basketball league or something. I don't yeah, know. he plays in the rec league. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen that movie once a long time ago. Yeah, I need to rewatch Zootopia, especially when I'm going to be playing all these popsicles. Yeah, you know? no kidding. They're made of redwood, you know. <laughs> uh so next up we have beast forbidding recluse uh four cost inkable three four quest for one uh the ability is you are not welcome here when you play this character you may deal one damage to chosen character finally something that comes into play and deals damage to an opposing character that's relatively cheap i was hoping that they would put this on like a two cost one one or something very similar uh but a four cost three four that shoots something for one has a lot of potential yeah pour one out for our boy hans from chapter one <laughs> see you every quest that he dealt one yeah this card is uh you know it doesn't have that second point of uh lore but it does have that sec- that extra point of willpower which we've talked about is a huge deal like each incremental increase in that is a you know i don't want to say it effectively trades to a card but like it puts you into a different caliber a no, different I level agree. of card yeah for sure e- each point of willpower is just like an extra uh hurdle for your opponent to jump through mm-hmm. and uh the difference between the third and fourth willpower is roughly the same as the fifth and sixth willpower, where at some point your opponent is just going to have to trade an extra card to deal with it or have to have an extra effect or an extra combination of effects to finish it off. And uh, the fact that you get the damage with immediacy means that Steel uh, has a a very aggressive answer to something like Lilo um, Mm -hmm. uh, making a wish. Uh, but also it allows for just more combinations of di- different damage dealers to trade up on on bigger and better things. Uh, before we move on to our next card, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you to our sponsor, Games and Comics Paradise. Uh, Games and Comics Paradise is a store out of Fairfax, Virginia, specializing in TCGs such as uh, Disney's Lorcana, but also Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Uh, make sure to check out GCParadise.com for any of your TCG needs. Uh, we really appreciate them sponsoring the Lost Boys content, and we look forward to playing in some more of their events in the near future. Uh, expect uh, some announcements about uh, some events from them uh, in the next uh, few weeks uh, for uh, January and February. The next card on our list for steel is Weight Set. This is a three-cost item uh, that is inkable with the ability Training. When you play a character with four strength or more, you may pay one to draw a card. If I didn't have to pay the one... I think this card might actually be pretty good. But the fact that I have to pay the one means that I'm going to be consistently off curve. And as we know in Lorcana, being off curve equals death. <laughs> yes, equals death. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm sorry. Uh, this, you know, funny enough, this actually reminds me a lot of a, a new card from Magic the Gathering called uh, Up the Beanstalk, where uh, it's like a cheap thing that uh, whenever you play an expensive thing, you get to draw a card. But uh, you don't have to pay a mana to do it. And also it draws a card when it comes into play. So weight set, not really punching above its weight class here, unfortunately. And uh, we're just going to skip it. Now, next up is a card that has been seeing a ton of play in uh, Pixelborn Ladder. Uh, This is Strength of a Raging Fire, the song from Disney's Mulan. There's a three-cost inkable song that says, Deal damage to chosen character equal to the number of characters you have in play. Tell me all about it, Harlan. 
Yeah, this card is very strong, especially in Amber Steel decks that have the new Cinderella that is a Singer 3 as a one-drop. That's really the, you know, the that's the bread and butter of this card, right? Is that you can sing it off of your one-drop in your go-wide strategy. Right. Again, those aren't really my... That's not really what I want to be okay, doing. This is definitely more your wheelhouse. I'll, so I'll take this take one then. Here. All right, here we go. So Strength of a Raging Fire is maybe the best removal spell in the game. And and all I know is that it is very easy when I play Ember Steel Stitch Blitz to play three or four characters in the first three or four turns. And now that we have a one-cost singer that can sing a three-cost thing, we have the ability on the draw uh, to play Cinderella. My opponent plays uh, some two-drop. And then I go uh, one or two characters on turn two and then sing a removal spell on turn number two to kill something. And it's killing like Simba Protective Cub or some other maybe integral part of your opponent's strategy that is a a two-drop. It's a great song to pair with Ariel Spectacular Singer's um, musical debut ability to find it off the top of your deck. And it's inkable. There's nothing wrong with this card. It's exceptional. Yeah, I think best removal spell in the game might be a stretch. It's Uh, a song that costs three. It's so good. I think the the best thing this does for me is it kind of that tension point in the games of the Amber Steel mirrors, like the, the whole new world rockstar mirrors, where you both have built a board, but neither of you can really challenge or quest for fear of what your opponent can do to you. Mm -hmm. This almost incentivizes you when you don't have a strength of a raging fire to force your opponent into trades by questing so that they can't build up to their strength of a raging fire to clear like your rock star or whatever. So I think this adds that extra dynamic that those games needed to actually be solving the board states a little bit cleaner, which is really interesting to me. And also from the side of somebody who has to play against these decks, it's like an extra hoop to jump through of like, oh, I really just need to clear your characters. That was kind of already what I wanted to do, but like I need to focus on that necessarily more than questing myself because then you might just kill my good quester off of your removal spell after you play like two more characters. So I, I really like the tension that this card adds to the games is is my favorite part of the card. Yeah, and um, I know we, we talk a lot about uh, shifting to sing the five-cost songs, like Grab Your Sword and A Whole New World off of like Rockstar and now the five-drop queen. But I think just doing one of those early shifts and then using that to sing the three-drop to kill a small character just feels a lot to me like being able to play a free Fire the Cannons. And Fire the Cannons is already something people are playing in small numbers in the Amber Steel Stitch Blitz decks because they were so uh, cheap and uh, effective at handling the opposing uh, one and two drops um, on the turns where you were playing your whole new world. And so uh, I think that it's just an enormous tempo play and it just gives the one cost Cinderella just an absolutely stunning uh, removal effect to be played in the first three or four turns. Uh, Next up, we're going to do another song that's seeing a little bit of play, a little less than uh, the previous one, but let the storm rage on. This is from uh, Frozen. Three costs uninkable. 
Uh, and it says deal two damage to chosen character, draw card. So again, this is another one of those things that can be played alongside the one cost Cinderella and be sung to kill an opposing character for relatively cheap. This one replaces itself as well. I expect a couple of this and a couple of uh, the previous song to be played in most of these Amber Steel Stitch Blitz decks because of how effective they are at uh, being worked with the uh, one cost Cindy. Yeah, I, I find, again... I'm all about like the tension of deck building and the gameplay in especially Lorcana, just all card games though, where this card versus fire the cannons, right? Do I choose efficiency or do I choose the upside of drawing a card? And the fact that this is a song, maybe I can sing it. Do I have a deck that has enough three cost characters that I want to be singing this? Am I playing Cinderella that can sing this? Mm -hmm. That is the most interesting thing to me with deck building in this game. And this card seems great to me, but also in the back of my mind, I know this is really clunky and I don't it know is. if I actually want to be playing this, even though for those of you from magic may remember that I absolutely love electrolyze <laughs> and this is pretty close. It's not quite the same, yeah, yeah. but like in the back of my mind, I know that this shouldn't actually be that good. So is it, is it not? How many am I going to play? It's uninkable. I, it is uninkable, and that is the stress yeah. test for sure. Tune in next time on uh, Lost Boys Z to find out. <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to move on to the Prince who never gives up. This is a three cost inkable, one three uh, quest for two. That's a huge deal for this card. As bodyguard, and it has resist one. Uh, resist one means it's going to take a lot to actually chop this thing down in combat. So it's a very effective bodyguard. And the fact that a quest for two means that in your aggressive decks that want bodyguards, it's going to push to towards your end game uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, this thing strikes me as very strong. Like the, especially with the format kind of always revolving around Simba protective cub draws and being able to answer that early. This card, you would think, would get answered by all of the same things, but it takes two of all of those same things to answer this at once, which is just incredible in general because it lines up very well against your opponent's cards, mm -hmm. but it also is an additional threat, so it's not even like you really took a turn off from really developing your board to play your bodyguard. Right. And then because your opponent basically has to pair cards up to remove this, that means they, they might have to just do it over two turns, which then sets them up even harder for like a Rapunzel to come down. And that's, that's the hallmark of an amazing card in this game. Yeah. Uh, I love that. It's a cheap bodyguard that actually just survives a Rafiki hit. Rafiki is one of the best ways for uh Ruby Amethyst to actually punish the early aggressive draws out of steel. And uh, Prince just being a brick wall there is really, really nice. Uh, I've I've personally played the three drop Hercules bodyguard a couple of times in my my builds, and it's been relatively unimpressive. Uh, but this one strikes me as a significant upgrade. It also lines up really well against uh, Hook Duelist, the one drop, because yeah. Hook challenges in, does uh, two damage to it, and then this takes uh, it takes two, and the Hook takes one. But then this can eat the Hook without dying. On the crackback. Oh, because of the resist? I didn't think about that. Yeah, exactly, because the hook only has one strength when you're challenging it. Yeah. All right, next up is Prince Naveen, Penniless Royal, three-cost inkable, four-three. Quest for one. 
Uh, pretty generic uh, Nilla creature, but uh, it does have four strength for only uh, three ink. What do you think? They really nail it with the flavor text on some of these Nilla wafers. All <laughs> he's got is his charm. There's nothing else going for him. <laughs> That's fair. All right, next up, <clears throat> Magical Broom, or Magic Broom, excuse me, Industrial Model. Three cost inkable, two, three. Uh, quest for one with the ability Make It Shine. When you play this character, chosen character gains resist one until the start of your next turn. Uh, so that's a full turn cycle. What do you think about this broom? Uh, so the ability does not stand out to me as uh, strong. It You know, it, it might matter. Uh, I think where this card is going to see play is with uh, Mickey Sorcerer because this is a broom. It costs less. It comes back to your hand when it dies. Yep. Um, that is really interesting to me. And, you know, I, I played a good amount of uh, Amethyst Steel, like Pocket Watch, Mickey, Combo. And, you know, this is another broom. That's definitely something I'm going to revisit at some point and yeah. see if that's worth it, you know. Uh, just more brooms makes your Mickeys work more. So, it's interesting. All right, next up. Lawrence, Jealous Manservant, three costs 04, quest for two, is inkable. Payback, uh, while this character has no damage, it gets four strength. So three costs four, four, the quest for two on the first hit. So it's almost always eating one thing. This card seems like surprisingly okay. Yeah, it is. It is kind of exceptionally bad in Steel Mirrors which are probably going to be pretty common just because it's so easy to do like an incidental point to it. And then it's just mm. a free challenge. Okay. Um, but against a lot of decks, it might be pretty good. Although Ruby has direct damage effects now with uh, teeth and ambitions. So I think this card may end up just falling to the wayside um, before it really got to shine. But you know, if a lot of direct damage stuff isn't happening or isn't common and this is inkable, you know, it definitely could fill some holes in some decks. Next up is Benja, Guardian of the Dragon Gem. Three costs inkable, two, three, the quest for two with the ability We Have a Choice. When you play this character, you may banish chosen items. So essentially, Beast Hardheaded the cost two less, a slightly smaller body, but uh, people were playing Beast Hardheaded just as a way to kill uh, items, and this is just a way cheaper way to do that. Yeah, this is an arguably better body for the cost because, sure, it's a 2-3, but it still has the two points of lore. So this is a legitimate threat on curve yeah. that is very relevant in interaction because there's going to be more decks with items now with the Popsicle decks running around. And they, you know, killing Popsicle doesn't really matter because that's kind of what they want to happen mm -hmm. anyway. But all their other items to make sure they have enough items in their deck to turn on their cards, they care about those ones. They didn't. It didn't already draw a card. Yeah, I mean, item is also just a, a card type in the game that uh, mm -hmm. if they assume that it is a weak uh, ability or a weak card type over time, they'll just start cranking the knob and they'll start making some items that are significantly better. Uh, and then you'll really start to see these cards that can kill items who maybe didn't see that much play because the items weren't very good. Now you're going to start to see things get a little juiced and uh, uh, even the things that eat it get juiced too, so... 
Uh, next up is Mouse Armor, another item. This one costs two and is uninkable. The ability is protection. You can exert this. The chosen character gains resist one until the start of your next turn. Uh, this one actually feels reasonably well-costed, but uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, this type of effect in general, and the fact that this is uninkable doesn't impress me much. But um, have you tried this at all, and uh, and what do you think? No, I, I could see playing one in a deck that's like character focused but then like why am i not just i don't i don't know it it just it kind of misses the mark for me um i could maybe see it in like the bodyguard deck that plays the the tabard Mm -hmm. um because obviously your stuff is going to get challenged the whole point is their bodyguards and like they do challenging also um that could be interesting to me but yeah it's it's i don't know it 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 seems like it, it missed the mark for me all right, next up uh, is Pick a Fight. This is a two-cost action, uninkable, and it's got Wreck-It Ralph on it, so you know I like it. Uh, chosen character can challenge ready characters this turn, so it grants it that uh, fight ability that we've seen on two other cards already. And uh, the flavor text, of course, is, I'm going to wreck it. I think best flavor text in the game on one of the worst cards in the game. Aww. <laughs> if this yeah, were I, a song, maybe, or something. But, yeah, or if know. it was inkable. Um, I could yeah. definitely see it seeing play. Uh, it's way too situational at Uninkable. Next up is Charge. Uh, this is a two-cost action that is inkable, uh, featuring Raya uh, the Last Dragon. And uh, Chosen Character gains a Challenger 2 and Resist 2 this turn. Um, another one of those kind of buff effects on a one-shot. Look, man, I, I've been playing this game for a couple months now, and m- when I first started playing with the starter decks, this is the type of card that I would cut first because characters were just so hugely more important. And uh, this type of effect only being a one shot just makes it so not useless, man, but just like so close to useless that it's basically useless. Yeah, the situ- it, it giving resist and then not lasting through your opponent's turn is also weird, especially when Challenger doesn't matter that it's on your thing for their turn also. Like, I think they definitely could have just left it where you get the the additional benefit. I still don't think it would see much play. Yeah. Um, and maybe it would be more confusing. But yeah, I, I don't think this one's going to... We're going to see it very often. All right, next up's the Huntsman. Reluctant Enforcer. Two-cost inkable, 1-1. One, one, the quest for two. And uh, the ability Change of Heart. On this character quest, you may draw a card, then choose and discard a card. So a looter that can loot every turn while questing seems pretty cool. Yeah, this one... It's weird to me, too. Like, uh... How how often do you think your one one is going to quest multiple times? As depends a on depends on how many bodyguards you play, right? If if uh, if the prince three drop bodyguard that uh, survives multiple hits, like maybe it gets multiple loots. Maybe this is the type of card that enables a deck that has twenty uninkables because you have so many ways to continuously loot from that ability on the huntsman to uh, the two drop Cinderella. We're going to talk about in just a moment, and even the one drop. Uh, prote- uh, not protective cub, but Simba, future king. Future king, yeah. Yeah, these are all ways that we can loot, and um, you know, I think this is also another card that later on, you know, with more uh discard pile recursion, uh, more things uh when you discard them, they do their ability, things like that. You know, we're gonna see that card, that type of a card, potentially get more useful over time as well. Yeah, true. Uh, next up is Robin Hood, capable fighter, two cost in- uninkable, one three. Uh, it quests for one and it has the ability skirmish. You can exert this to deal one damage to chosen character. 
I think this card is like secretly cracked. Uh, the first time I ever saw it, uh, the willpower was hidden behind another card when they were showing them. And I just assumed it was a one, one because an ability like this is pretty strong. The fact that it's an inkable kind of makes up for it. A three willpower means it might actually have like your opponent might actually have some trouble getting off the table because you're able to just like shoot down stuff kind of at will. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's funny to me because so like we talked about uh four cost three three Hans from Steel from chapter one previously. And you know, when that quested it dealt one damage to any character, which this is that but worse. Obviously it's a two drop. Um because you don't get the lore, right? It it's it's similar to that, you just don't get the lore. So yeah. they felt like giving it the same ability was not maybe too good. Right. But like to me, this this strikes me as a card that's actually kind of weak as is um for being uninkable but you know you i definitely think, could be wrong do you think it maybe goes into decks that play like fire the cannons and the captain hook uh captain of the jolly roger so that you're just like you have a bunch of things that pair with the one damage to maybe trade up on you know some of protective cubs other things that have three and four willpower i think that's the natural direction i want to head but the problem is all of those cards are uninkable i mean that's true that's fair you know like no th- that, that, that's just a good point that's fine yeah, it's uh I I do think the card is good. It seems like it should be really good. I just worry that it's not. If it and were if it were inkable, I think it would be like probably an every oh, I think steel it, deck. Yeah, I would just play four in all my steel decks probably because yeah. it's just That means the upside is too high. That means uninkable is a great balance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes too too much, but Yeah. Especially on cheap stuff and especially in colors that are pretty hard to fit uh so many uninkables, yeah. but yeah. Uh, next up is Jafar Royal Vizier. There's a two cost inkable three two. So another thing that can trade into a Simba protective cub in quest for one and his ability. I don't trust him, sire. During your turn, this character gains evasive. So very similar to the Cruella. Uh, it can challenge evasive things. Uh, I think is this is this exactly the same card? Did the Cruella have a different uh, ability on it, too? It's, no, it's the exact same ability and stats. The functionality difference is the, the names and the typings on it. Um, which, you know, isn't a huge difference because they both have a shift character. Right. Uh, but the shift characters are, like, not stellar. Uh, funny enough, though, that, you know, Corello is a huge boost to Sapphire, and Jafar is, like, almost not relevant to Steel. Like, being able to challenge evasive stuff is fine on this character, but it's way more powerful on the 5-drop we talked about previously where it lets all your stuff challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know... Steel didn't struggle. Like, we already had a great two-drop that ate Simba Protective Cub in combat. We it's didn't true. even need to trade for it. Uh, it's it's just funny how that, when you put the same card in different colors, how much differently it can reflect on itself. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I think this Jafar could easily still see play just as additional things to do that. Um, but it, it it's not like it's an immediately finding a home like the Cruella did. All right, next up we have Hercules Hero in Training. Uh, this is a two-cost inkable Hercules. Uh, that's a 2-3 in Quest for One. No abilities otherwise, but uh, you know what? There's a Hercules with Shift. Maybe this is the thing you want to shift onto. Yeah, this is a, another Nilla Wafer that has just a, a killer flavor text. No need to call 911 in the Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up is a two drop that I think is going to be seeing a lot of play. Maybe not in 
high, high numbers, but in a lot of steel decks. This is Cinderella, Knight in Training, uh, two cost inkable, two, two. Uh, the ability is have courage. When you play this character, you may draw a card, then choose and discard a card and a quest for one. It's also a Cinderella, so it shifts with Cinderella, uh, stout hearted, which is maybe the best steel card in the set. Uh, what do you think about this one, especially in conjunction with other looting effects? Yeah, this, this card's great. Uh, the thing about looting is I typically don't want a ton of it because the cards that do it usually are slightly uh, under rate on cost um, because obviously they loot. So you don't really want to play like 12 of those cards in your deck because then you end up with a pretty low average power level, but you do a lot of filtering, but all you're going to find is more things that loot anyway. Um, so there are diminishing returns with these types of effects, but this Cinderella being a 2-2 compared to future, uh, Simba Future King being a 1-2 is a big upgrade. And then having such a strong shift card to go on top of it in the same color is massive. We right. see that with Tinkerbell Tiny Tactician all the time, which also coincidentally loots. But, you That's know, true. Tiny Tactician is not a card we would play if we didn't have Tinkerbell Giant Fairy. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of lists these days are actually even cutting it because shifting Tinkerbell Giant Fairy is good, but it's, like, not overly necessary. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just hard to fit everything into the deck these days. All right, next up, uh, this is Last Cannon. Uh, this is a one-cost uh, inkable item. Uh, the ability is Arm Yourself. Uh, spend one and banish this item. Chosen character gains Challenger 3 this turn. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's a stinky one. <laughs> that one is uh i don't know i wouldn't last even, cannon more like last resort i i would rather play anything else the fact the only thing that's this, inkable i was gonna say that's the only saving graves is it is inkable so if it happens to be in your deck at any point you can just play it as ink <laughs> <laughs> all right our last card in steel and our last card of the entire set review for uh, Disney's Orkana Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborne, is Tiana, Diligent Waitress. There's a one-cost inkable, one-three, the quest for one. Um, I don't know that there's a big Tiana yet, but uh, this is certainly something that could be a shift target later on, because Tiana is one of the princesses. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, a one-three in steel is not something that we have yet. So it's checking a lot of boxes right now. Maybe not so good, but maybe in the future it ends up being quite, quite good. Yeah, it's Again, killer flavor text on these. No Go ahead. Reefers. This uh, this one reminds me of a good friend of you and I's, Ross Merriam. Aww. My place is going to be special with great food to fill people's bellies and hot jazz to feed their souls. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, Ross is a, a huge Utah <laughs> jazz fan. So that, he's that also just an sense. actual like musical jazz fan too. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. Yep. All right. Well. Uh, that's going to do it for our set review of uh, Disney's uh, Lorcana Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborne. Harlan, uh, give me your, let's say, two minutes, uh, broad strokes, thoughts about the set in general. Uh, I love it. Um, it made the format way more aggressive. There are basically no lame, deck, lame duck control decks anymore. They can't keep up, which is awesome. Nobody wants to play those. You'll be very happy about that as we get back to tournaments and doing coverage. Uh, you don't have to worry about everybody going to time all the time. There is, there's a, all the best decks in the format draw a bunch of cards, which might be problematic ultimately, but you know, it's fun. Like everybody's wheeling, everybody's picking up their own things to draw cards, everybody's moving their popsicles 
uh, amongst their game zones and drawing cards. Uh, the games are just fun and interesting. And, you know, it's Lorcana, so all the decisions matter. You're not necessarily out of any game as long as your deck is, you know, built with everything possible in mind. It's It's great. I love it. Awesome. I mean, look, they added essentially double the card pool from uh, Chapter One constructed, and uh, a lot of the cards look extremely good. And I'm I'm just excited at all times whenever a new set comes out for a game that I enjoy. And the fact that Lorcana was so deep in their first chapter, now we're getting to essentially re-examine a bunch of things from Chapter One, and we're getting to look forward to re-examining things from Chapter Two that can get better uh, down the line. Uh, I, I'm on board with you completely, 100. percent and I look forward to playing a bunch of Constructed. Uh, we're the Lost Boys. We make uh, competitive content for Disney's Lorcana. Uh, we do commentary. We play events. We can gunsling. If you have a store that is running Disney's Lorcana events, uh, reach out to us and uh, we can maybe come to your store and uh, provide you one of our services. Um, that's going to do it for today's video and uh, it's going to complete our set review for Rise of the Floodborne. Uh, I'm Tandy. That's Harlan. Say bye, Harlan. Bye, Harlan.